Well, hello and uh, welcome to the 14 questions. I'm not saying it. Or, not, or I'm welcome not going to say it. I, I'm oh, going to say it. Welcome back. I'm going to do both <laughs> from now on. I'm just going to, if I, if I bring us in, just I'll, I'll just start with welcome back to the 14 questions. Greetings and salutations yeah, from the 14 question podcast. I hope your week was as good as ours. And uh, How was your week, by the way? I, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're not lots going of, there. Lots of irons in the fire for me right now. Mm. So uh, I, I've got... Ten balls in the air and two hands to juggle them. Well, huh. you know, you're you're a magician. You'll figure it out. Yeah, one one day at a time. One day at a time. So you know, once once again, we find ourselves here, right? So Brandon and I, you know, we're scanning for topics, this and that, and the other, and this sort of come, this whole thing comes up. And it's kind of funny because you don't have to look far anymore, right? So that. The, the, I'm going to read the ti- I'm going to read the title of the thing that came across NPR that December 5th, 2021. Thomas Gavin might be America's most pro- prolific artifact thief, but the jig's up. And this is by uh, Sarah Handel. So, turns out because we like to cover things like this over here, the 14 questions. This guy had been like on a tear, like the 60s, the 70s, like <laughs> nearly a dozen museums on the East Coast. I, I guess his thing is he would just walk in and just take stuff. Yeah, just walk in and walk out. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like the, that, that. Usually the best policy. You know, we, we romanticize this in film and television, these great capers and these well-laid plans. And, you know, usually it's as simple as I'm going to walk in, I'm going to grab that. I'm going to leave with it. Bye-bye. Well, it's like that um, kid that ran around Europe forever, right? Yeah, the one yeah, yeah. That, that had like a billion-dollar trove of priceless art and stuff he'd stolen yeah. under the guise of a traveling waiter. Yeah, lived with his mother. Yeah, lived. Yeah. With, had all the stuff in his mom's house. This is why. Correct. Yeah, this guy, though. Was that under Art Thieves? Did we do that under that episode? One of them. Yeah. Um... I think that was a different episode than the art thieves or royalties. Uh, I could be mistaken, but I feel like that was a later one. I cannot recall the name of it off the top of my head, but I'm sure we can find it and stick it in the show notes or a tweet or somewhere. So this guy, Gavin, right? Thomas Gavin, right? I guess he'd mostly stolen antique firearms. Yeah, that seemed to be his thing. And he stashed them in his hideout. Priceless, semi-priceless, but valuable, valuable guns, historic Weapons and whatnot. I can't. It's just just because he he could. He probably had a thing for him. He's like, yeah, eh, you know, I'm, I I would like to collect these. I don't have the money, so I'll just go collect them and skip the money, the money step. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, it. So it, it turns I'm, out. I'm, I'm going to guess based on how he got caught. <laughs> he, he did not have the money. Well, I mean, fair enough. Yeah. So Brandon's alluding to the fact that he he went to sell one of these one of these guns, rather rare and old. And the dealer who he sold it to, I guess, as the story went, um, gave him basically the replica rate for it, right? Yeah, yeah. And you gave him like $4,000 or something. He said, yeah, there's no way this thing like could be the, real. The real thing was worth almost, what, $200,000? And Yeah. Yeah, the guy takes four grand for this thing. And, and folks, uh, if you haven't you know, seen this or read anything about it, you have to understand this is taking place 50 years after this guy was actively stealing these items like this was in the 60s when he took all this stuff. 60s and 70s yeah he's, so, he sat yeah. on it for 50 years 50 years this guy's just got this collection so he's got to be tight for money 
I'm assuming, and goes and says, well, I'll take this $200,000 gun and just pawn it off as a replica for four grand. I got to make rent or something. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the guy got suspicious. Yeah. Well, he, he kind of had a hunch. And I, I see the guy, the dealer, whoever bought it, that was the first problem, sold it to somebody with some knowledge. Um, I guess he got it got under his skin. He was just got bothered, and he was like, nah, "This thing, it feel uh, it um, seems too legitimate to be a replica." Yeah, and turns out it was. It was the real thing. Yeah, amazing. Um, got returned, which is good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's always good when these things get returned. Yeah, four thousand dollar reimbursement or finder's fees. Nothing in the grand <laughs> scheme of. Oh, thank you for returning our two hundred thousand dollar rifle. Um, so, yeah. So this guy, and this fellow, now he's, what was he? He's 78 years old, the Gavin guy. Okay. The, uh, I guess since he's pled guilty, we can call him the, the thief. Um, <laughs> you know, mean, that's a, we try to be that's a fair, correct fair, over fair here. Fair bet, yeah. So he, he pled guilty, um, and the judge is making him serve one day. Yeah, one, one day. One kind of like that kid in Europe. Yeah, he didn't do that much time. He I did like for, two weeks, but then he went back and stole again. Yeah. And, and then he went, then it was <laughs> went, like. He went back to prison. Yeah. Then, yeah, then one, went, yeah one, day, one day, which when I read that, I, I, I kind of, you know, knee jerk was like, what? And then reading further and doing a little more research, yeah. I'm like, okay, the guy's almost 80. He's yeah. wheelchair bound. He can hardly breathe. Like the, it's fifty years ago. Like, is there not a statute of limitations on this shit? Like murder, I get. Like, well, unsolved okay, murder, yeah. fifty. But fifty years go by. I mean, I don't know. You go, priceless antiquities, man. There's no fucking statute. These aren't that. priceless antiquities. Okay, these I mean, are. They're, they're valuable yeah, firearms, but you know, I think the one he sold was the most valuable one that okay, he had taken. Enough. So two hundred thousand. I wouldn't quite qualify as priceless. They were they were valuable antiquities and artifacts and whatnot. But yeah, after fifty years and considering his health state, the judge goes, "Hey, we'll find you some money, and uh, you can do like a day in prison." So good for him. Yeah, <laughs> good good for Thomas Gavin. Now, I mean, on the other hand, that so so then we go down these rabbit holes. We start looking stuff up, and we're like, "Oh shit, you don't have to look too far, right?" I mean, this thing happened in Pennsylvania. But I'm going to give New York the prize. Like, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I came across this, this great culture article in the Atlantic, the Tomb Raiders of the Upper East Side, Inside Manhattan's DA Antiques Trafficking Unit by Ariel Sabar. And this thing, this is worth a read for anybody who wants to Google a thing. And, you know, it all starts because this guy that had been working there, his... The particular per person they write about is a fascinating character, and how he—it's a long—it's a long read, but it's worth it. Yeah. And they got it, basically this whole article is framed around this this looted mummy coffin where a corpse was dumped into the Nile. It, it, it's it's batshit crazy, like <laughs> some straight out of Indiana Jones kind of. No, I'm, I'm no kidding. Yeah, no. And then you know the Tomb Raiders of the Upper East Side of Manhattan, which are just nerds in suits. Um, yeah, would be my guess. We're and I think the guy's name from the, the DA's office. The, yeah. <laughs> that was part of the special unit. The guy that they, they write about is this Matthew. Um, I'm probably going to mess his last name back, his last name up. It's a Monday. Um, Bagdonis, I think. Anyhow, it's it's it, it's a really interesting story. But then it's like, okay, New York has its own an, antiquities trafficking unit. 
That makes sense. I mean, New York's a pretty well, big city with a lot of money. So if you're going to find stolen antiquities, uh, and especially here in the United States. Right. And it's like. I'd start the, looking there. But they, now these, a lot of these shops, like the high-end shops and all this, and even Christie's, some of their auctions are like, you know, shit, we can't do them in here. Like the, I guess they, nothing against Christie's or any of these big houses, but sometimes they're like, uh, yeah, if we didn't look at that sticker on that box, like, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. But it, again, folks, it's interesting to read. The reason, I'm not picking on New York, okay? Because December 6th, today, 2021, because we're recording on Monday, this is last updated five years ago. Steinhardt, this billionaire, surrenders 70 million of antiques. And Vance, the head of the, the office up there, like, he, he, ex, he accepts a, a collecting ban. I'm like, okay, just just stop. <laughs> You're a billionaire. Stop, <laughs> stop, stop, stop doing shit. Stop buying all this stolen shit. You're making yeah. life more difficult for us. Yeah, this 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 particular I mean, article was in. Yeah, I wasn't even that serious of a collector. I mean, if he's a billionaire, that's like seven percent. If he's only got one billion, yeah, I mean, whatever. He dabbled in collecting here and there. Seventy million, whatever. Take it. Yeah, I don't give a shit that we know of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one was that by you um, know of, right? Yeah, John Jonathan uh, Stemple, and that was a, a Reuters article. Again, worth a read. But apparently, New York. Y'all, y'all like some bougie, bougie stolen shit over there. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> only in New York, right? Yeah, that's kind of, but it's 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 kind of incredible. Like people just strolling in like really nice places and oh, reach behind the glass and <laughs> yeah, just take take it out. Yeah. Or or the alternative, you find like the the really dark seedy antique shop and you know the password to go in the basement. And you're like, holy shit, <laughs> what's, yeah, what's down, down here? here? This is not yeah. for your casual shopping audience. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Or maybe we're romanticizing the whole thing. But <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't either. No. I don't either. But anyhow, <laughs> where does that take us to? Basically, what we're trying to get to is like, they, they, it's good that they find this stuff. A lot of it, a lot of it goes missing for a while. But like the jig is up. Like they're, they're going to find out. Like at some point, yeah. In time. But I mean, I think probably a lot of stuff never gets recovered simply because some billionaire, wherever they are, has brought it and it's it's in their home. Yeah, like it's never going to move again. So if they didn't recover or it's in a it, box, yeah, in a if, warehouse, if they didn't recover yeah. it before it was sold, you're going to have a hard time hunting it down unless somebody somebody talks, right? Right. Um, well, you got to sell a thing like the gun and then get caught, and then if it's if it's just for your you know, yeah. Like again, Thomas that, that, guy, shit, that guy, right? I assume, needed the money because if he took four grand yeah. for that, he either didn't know how to sell this stuff or just was like, "Yeah, I need the money." Um, but yeah, most I think most people dealing in, you know, quote unquote, priceless artifacts have enough money yeah. <laughs> that once they acquire these items, they're they're sitting in a very nice room behind a very large door. In their very Again, nice homes, you, just you know, stuff, and they, it shit they you sit sh- there. It's, yeah. It's shit you shouldn't steal. So, I mean, after the break, we're going to talk about, you know, stealing zeros and ones, which I think it's, particularly it, is a bad is idea. Is there shit we should steal? <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> I'm like, it's shit you shouldn't. So, right. do clarify, what should we be stealing then, Dan? Um, yeah, before I get I, called I get out too point. much. Yeah, some, of this, some of this stuff has historical value and everything else, although one one could make the argument that, most things in most museums are yeah, stolen to one degree or another. I mean, potentially, yeah. 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 
Yeah. Um, but that's, that's, sure. a, that's an argument for another time because we're not having a serious episode like that this week. Well, it's going to get pretty, I mean, it, it's sort of, I don't know. Anyhow, you want to take a break? Yeah, we'll take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. Sit tight. So before the break, we're talking about stolen firearms and antiquities, and well, the firearms are, yeah. were antiquities too. Well, you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but th- I made that Google mistake <laughs> earlier, and then it's like, okay, that's a whole other yeah, te- thing. technically yeah. speaking. Yeah, just a brief summation of what was happening 15 seconds ago for the listeners. That's all. <laughs> yeah, and like lost stuff, lost stuff. Well, lo- no, well, lost and recovered, recovered. Some, so, some so. of it. Yeah, speaking of things that have been lost and haven't been recovered. <laughs> oh, yeah, we could do that. For, I mean, we, could, we we probably need to do a whole episode on this. Like, I mean, serious. Like, we need to dig into this because this has been covered. So I, I came across a, a fantastic article in The New Yorker as they, they tend to write some pretty good articles here. See if I can pull it up on my computer. So this article just came out today, too. Wow, we're on a thing. Half a billion in Bitcoin lost at the dump, and for I mean I would I would assume some of our listeners, if not most of them, would everybody somebody's heard of this guy. I heard of him. I think it was on Planet Money like ages ago. Oh, I'm sure we, we've talked about him a couple times here on yes. the fourteen questions, just because the guy. It's an ongoing saga for this poor bastard that lost how many how many coins was it? Because he had bought Bitcoin super early. He didn't buy it. Oh, that's right. He just mined it, right? He mined it. Yeah, mined it. But early, early, way early, 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 way early. days. Yeah. And, I mean, he had probably 100,000. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's up there. They think it's, it's, it's supposed it's, to be about $500 million worth or something like that. And it's it's, uh, it's $100 million in 18. So yeah. I'm thinking the most recent account, it's it's a lot. of. It's, and up it, it's, it's up there. Yeah, it's probably half a billion dollars or more. And yeah. The poor guy had it stored on a hard drive and then threw it away in the trash. Well, no, clean even, it up it's, it's, it's even worse than that. So he, he's a tech guy. He's got a tech background. He works in tech, right? I would hope so if he was mining Bitcoin. Right. You know, early on. In early on. So back when Bitcoin you could do it, yeah. you know, you know, when it I mean, wasn't still like. still can. <laughs> well, well, like, <laughs> like a, yeah. Okay. With a bunch of servers and your, your power bill is going to be a little pricey. But, you know, I don't know. It's maybe the get, nature of the game. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So he does this on some gaming machine. Okay, so then he, he throws a hard drive against it. Yeah, which makes sense. Which makes sense. More, more power means faster mining. So a gaming right. rig would be, and then at he, the time, about the best you could do. Right, you know? yeah. And then his kids wanted it for, like, Minecraft or something. So it's like, you know, you give the thing to the kids. They spill, I don't know, spill something. He spills lemonade on it. I don't know, story, whatever. But he at least has this thing. You know, this file with his Bitcoin key in it, right, on this hard drive, he had upgraded to a Mac. And the Mac at the time didn't support the architecture that, or the, whatever it was. So he didn't yeah. do a redundant file on his Mac. He just moved on, whatever. 
And then I, you know, long story short, I mean, great article by um, DT Max, by the way, here in the New Yorker. Does an account. Wife and him get into a thing. He's cleaning up his office. She's like, you take that crap to the dump. Or he had asked her, and she's like, no, it's your shit. Like, you get rid of it. Yeah, if you're cleaning out your office, clean it out. I'm No. And so (laughs) as I'm apt to do, too, like when you're doing an office, like you you throw a bunch of stuff out. It's best to sort of sit on, hmm, what do I get rid of? So anyhow, this guy, like, reflects, I guess, in the morning, like, oh, Am I sure that that was the empty hard drive or the in in he's a tech guy and he mentions in this article like you should never ever in the history of everness ever throw any of this shit away no ever not, not memory not sticks I mean I know people have lost these you know you can't help if you lose a thing but I mean, I mean you, you don't throw if, this shit if away. you properly destroy it then sure but you don't just Chuck a chuck an external hard drive or a computer laptop in the trash, even if you quote unquote wiped it clean, um, or think it's oh, what could possibly be on that? Yeah, yeah. There's always something. There's always something that could get you in trouble. Or so anyhow, it turns out the wife takes his stuff to the dump, and then he's like, "Oh shit!" And yeah, long story short, yeah, little time goes by, and he's like, "Oh crap, that Bitcoin stuff is there." And I see well, now, now they're worth 65000 U.S. dollars a coin. Well, and then he puts, the, probably the thing is he puts the app on his phone, so he's following it, and he knows how much coin he has, and he knows all this, and he's like, he's seeing this number just climb constantly. And we're talking back, like, and this is, this is I, when I say people must know, if you don't know, Google it, because, I mean, this was reported out under the BBC. It's been reported out under the Times, under the Guardian. Oh, yeah, this story. This it, story it keeps, going. keeps coming back around. Yeah. Uh, Simply because it makes for good reading. You know, you wait you wait a while and you find an audience that hasn't heard the story and it's like, oh, crap. You know, especially anytime Bitcoin makes a parabolic run. <laughs> you know, it's like, let us tell you about the one guy. If you feel like you missed out and didn't buy on time, let's tell you right. a story about that. Like, it's just contextual. So it'll be so it's like he's a relevant week. for the foreseeable yeah. future. And hopefully, maybe eventually there's a happy ending for the guy. But Well, he's a Welshman and there's a big dump. He kind of knows where it is. I mean, he's done a ton of research. Yeah. They're like, no, you can't go digging back in our dump, okay? <laughs> Gets retre- rejected in 17. You know, then the thing goes up to, like, he thinks he's got 100 million, and he offers, like, he offers the town or, you know, square whatever it is, money and recovery money, and then people get involved. They want to do a movie about it. He's like, I just want to find this shit. Yeah, it'd make it for a hell of a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> and then, he, then they're like, no, no, even if you find it, the thing's not going to be... This hard drive's done. It's rusted. It's crap. This, that, and the other. He contacts a company that NASA uses for data recovery. Yeah. And basically, this company, according to this article, anyhow, um, on track, gets back to him and says, "No, you got an 90 percent chance." Sure. Yeah. I mean, Unless hard, a little thing broke. Yeah. Yeah. They, if the housing, if the housing's bad, who gives a shit? Like you can still get in there and get a hold of the data stored on the thing. So. And it's wild because he's one of these, he's a, he's a diehard proponent of early adopter, you know, if the, the philosophy behind crypto shouldn't be traceable, yada, 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 because there's two trains of thought, traceable, non-traceable, whatever. And he's like, no, I still believe it shouldn't be. It's up to you. Yeah. Handle, handle your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no, there's no, I forgot my password. It's, you better have it or yeah. it's gone. Or it's gone. It's gone. I, I did come a uh, very interesting snippet here just for our listeners. This article reports that one fifth of all Bitcoin 
lost. Yeah, just out there in the ether. Which makes sense, because, again, early on, it didn't hold any real value. I mean, it did some, but... One-fifth. Yeah, so at the time, people would have been accumulating. Um, and, and two, Bitcoin, you, you could they could mine more of it then, and it kind of slows down production as it goes. Like, there's a, there's a, going to be a finite amount of Bitcoin ever mined. Um, and so, again, early on, you know, they're mining away, and new coins, new coins, new coins, new coins. They don't have that much value. People aren't really taking it seriously. Not everybody anyway. Or philosophy. You know, and, and again, now that it's, you know, keeps wanting to push upwards and upwards towards 100,000 a coin, well, then people are being a little more cautious mm -hmm. and proactive about protecting their thing. So totally makes sense uh, that that much would just be lost um, because people would dabble. And now, and now, they steal it. <laughs> They do. They steal it, um, which is always, you know, it's a concern, like the hacking end of it. Uh, twice this week, two different exchanges have been hacked to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, and it's concerning. That's a little concerning. Uh, thankfully, I know uh, BitMart, they're going to replace people's stolen crypto really? with their own finances. Wow. They're like, yeah, we've got we've got plenty of money. So I don't know because it. Theirs was upwards of $200 million. And they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll replace it on us. Like, the, the end users are not going to be harmed by that. But it does show a vulnerability. You know how I feel about this, though. I still feel like this is zeros and ones. This is still early days. I know it's supposedly untraceable. It just floats around the air. No one can find it if you ever, whatever. I don't know if I'd totally buy that theory. No, I, I, I think, and in total speculation, but there is most assuredly an amount of anonymity uh, associated with cryptocurrency. Yes. Um, many of them, anyway. Um, but ultimately, if machines are talking to machines... Correct. Somebody smart enough, somewhere, can, can connect those dots. Well, Will it be incredibly a... difficult? Yes. Most likely, perhaps. Um but yeah, they can, it, it, you know, but again, because it's all digital and there's, there's a record of the transactions, but not necessarily the direction of them and whatnot. Um, I can speculate that there are ways to obscure that as well. Um, well, okay. So to that point, and I mean, all, all I'm trying to do is be fair here. There, there isn't in my, my, my opinion, my, my theoretical opinion on this, there's a needle. It's not in a haystack. It's in the universe. So if you were so inclined <laughs> to, you know, to look, launch look a rocket and some telescopes enough. into the universe and start looking for the little needle, you can find this thing. It's, it's a, it's, yeah, it's again, a lot of an anonymity, but you know, it's not fail safe. I don't think. No, I don't, I don't think no, so don't either. Think again, that. if if it was built by man, it can be re reverse engineered yeah, um, by, so. by somebody else. And you know, that axiom is always held true. So. We can make it incredibly difficult and incredibly complex, but we can't. We can't make a perfect lock, not right. yet, anyway. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I lean towards um, your take on that. That yes, we can. Somewhere. And maybe maybe somebody somewhere Where's keeps it very quiet that they can. Too, yeah. you know. So well, and, and there's two going into the whole thing. There's two philosophies on this. There's a group that thinks stuff should be quote unquote recoverable through the ledgers and all that kind of stuff. And other groups are like, no, keep this 
away from banks and governments. Yeah, and everything. Yeah. I mean, if you if you want if you want the safety and security of you know an FDIC insured you know savings or checking account, well, you know, go that route and and deal with you know money as we know it. But the kind of the whole point of crypto was to get these things decentralized and deregulated so we can move well, money around what, freely and anonymously and whatnot. Uh, so I think it's counterproductive to the the philosophy of cryptocurrency at its core for people to be like, oh, what I want, and what happens if it gets stolen? And, and, and yeah, well, then don't play. Like, you have to understand well, and there, there is some risks in, in, associated, in, right? Going back to the Welsh guy, he didn't have a lot of sympathy on some online chats and stuff like that because they're like, you, you lost a thing. I mean, he was like, yeah, I'm okay. I did treat it a little bad. But to that point, like we act like this is the first untraceable thing. It's like, you know what? Diamonds, like di go diamonds of gold. You know, you fucking lose that stuff. It's like, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, it turns out. Turns out. And it's currency, folks. Like this, you don't think this shit moves around the globe and does some that. I mean, various shit, thing, right? You know? It's a thing. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if like Lloyd's of London or somebody has policies for crypto. You know, I've never looked into it, but. It's just like, a, like if you, just like if you say you say I've got a safe full of golden diamonds in my house, I need to carry a rider for that. Yeah, 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 we'll write you a policy. It'll cost this much. If you go, hey, I've got like two hundred thousand bitcoins or what have you, bring I, bring us your hard I, drive. I Let us verify imagine. a key. Yeah, I can't imagine there's not some insurer, yeah. some private insurer out there that would say. Yeah, let us get back to you, and they'll consult some experts and go. What are the odds okay. of this actually happening to one specific account? Okay, yeah, we ran the math on it, and we will insure it for the full value at this price because that's you know it's all speculation anyway. Like, what are the odds of us having to pay out on a thing? And so yeah. that's a mathematical equation. So I, I imagine that exists somewhere. I have well, to look. And what are the odds that they don't catch catch somebody? So I it, like literally ran a, a search because you and I talked about this. I didn't research researched in the article that you had found regarding this heist. Um, but so I start researching whatever. So two weeks ago, you know, some Canadian teen allegedly stole $36 million in crypto. I guess just, I, I don't know, just reached in and whoop. Like, kind of shocking, surprising. Yeah. And then the weirdest one I came across was, what was that one I just told you about? They, the, the, a group gave 11 point, no, $119 million back. Yeah, they were they were just doing a thing. Yeah, they hacked a thing, and then the, the folks that got hacked were like, hey, please give us that shit back. Okay. And then they did it. Yeah. We'll give it back for a finder's fee and we'll tell you how we did it so you can patch your shit up, which oh, happens I mean, all you, the time. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I I may have contacted somebody before attempting something like that and said, hey, hey. can we work something out and uh, we want to attack your systems and see if we can find any vulnerabilities and, you know, have some contracts in place and then... But, you know, sometimes you can do it backwards and not have charges pressed against you. So there's mm. that, I suppose. Mm. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it's interesting. And, it, you know, two, these things are pretty darn secure. And usually it's human error. It's human error. You know, somebody gives up a password. Of course. Or gives up their key or, or you know, has it written on a notepad and leaves it laying out on Starbucks. You know, like whatever. And somebody comes by and it's. It's it's the human element that tends to be compromised. The vulnerability and things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I won't say nine times out of ten, but frequently enough to be of concern. But the, um, people are getting smarter, right? So instead, yeah, weirdly enough, some of the stuff I read is even if you have this stuff on a redundant hard drive at your house, you bought some bit, whatever the hell you bought, right? Yeah. 
some of the stuff you get, you're vulnerable. Like it, you should probably go store it somewhere else, like on a cloud or at your neighbor's. At, well, if you trust your neighbor, yeah, I, I mean, don't know. Really, really bad but, house fire <laughs> wipes uh, out your bitcoins. Blah. Yeah, yeah you're, there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think moving forward, we just people need to be educated better about this stuff if they're going to dabble in it. You know, because we have platforms like Robinhood and whatnot yeah. where it's sign up, deposit money, click, click, boom. Now you have some Bitcoin, uh, which is great because accessibility. Um, encourages growth in these things. And, and But I also think there needs to be uh, an amount of education because these are such new technologies on best practices and, you know, how to keep your information safe and how to protect your investments. Uh, and in moving forward, I have faith that there will be more on that because it mm-hmm. initially, you know, it was a little more specialized. So people that were getting into it tended to know better. Yeah. Um, and be familiar with, with tech and IT security than the average user that may jump onto Robinhood or a platform that's similar to that. So we'll get there. Wi-Fi we'll strike a balance Starbucks. eventually. Yeah. 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 Don't, yeah. don't, don't. Always don't get do. on the Wi-Fi at Starbucks. Yeah. It's fine. It's, 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 it's totally fine. Just <laughs> do your bank transferring and all that. Yeah. You know, it's faster. It's what it is. So. It, it'll lose you things faster. <laughs> <laughs> it could be problematic. Yeah. So, anyhow, we got anything else? Any other PSAs? No, I think that's fine. I mean, never look straight up at a bird. Never drink downstream from the herd. Never. I thought getting shit on by a bird was good luck or something. <laughs> I mean, is that just a fable? Yeah, that but they never told look that... straight up at it. Oh. Yeah, it's fine. It's good luck, apparently, but you don't want to look straight up at a bird and have it happen because that's just an eyeful. Hmm. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. <laughs> Anyhow, folks, I think we'll leave it there, and uh, we'll come back to this because it's it's uh, it's an evolving thing. Yeah, definitely. you know, robberies, hacks, thievery. There's there's always something interesting going on in the world of crime and theft. Yeah, or just so. people absconding things, or you know, collecting because they they felt like I don't know, putting their hand like I just want that yeah, guy. I mean, I'm just going to strap it to me and walk out. Once of the you have museum. a few billion dollars, I imagine you just get bored. You're like, I've got the yacht. I've got the helipad out yeah. back, the swimming pool. Um, yeah, yeah. None of this really does it for me. Mm-hmm. I got to find some dopamine somewhere. Let's start <laughs> buying stolen artwork because that's exciting and stimulates me. Yeah. Uh, Thomas yeah. Crown affair shit. Yeah. We <laughs> it love is it. what it is. So. All right. Well, for, for all you folks out there, you know, rate, review us. Love to hear what you think. Tweet at us. Only if it's nice. Nah, don't, do, don't, do, don't tweet at us me. even if it's not nice. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. Or however you use your interwebs. You know, at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. There we are. On that note. All right. Till next time. Until next time. Got questions? Need answers? Find them on the 14 Questions Podcast. Welcome to our podcast, where we, along with our frequent guests, will be answering your questions regarding a wide variety of topics, including current events, lifestyle, politics, and of course, popular culture. The 14 Questions Podcast is brought to you by Pothouse Media, 
and Dive Pod Productions. Be sure to find us on the web at 14questions.org, on Twitter at The14Questions, look us up on Facebook at 14Questions, and of course find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Podcasts.